Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready for a spooky fright? On this week's episode of the show, we've got stories that will take your mind and blow. Not just because they're utter drivel, but because they're packed with lots of evil. From Roddy Pickering. To Billy Shears, these spooky tales will bring you to tears. <laughs> There's nothing I love more in the world than Seb's poetry and his impressions. <laughs> you smash that when you're on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show. What have you guys been up to this week? I got a camper van officially. Hashtag van life. Nice. Yeah. Fucking buzzing for the uh, trips in the camper van. You got first trip sorted out? We're just going to go away for like a little day thing on the weekend. But did you know you can get like collapsible kettles? No. That's cool, isn't it? So they're small. So they fit in your van. You can get collapsible electric kettles. Wow. The future. I mean, anything's collapsible if you try hard enough. It's decollapsing it that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these are decollapsible and collapsible. They're fucking wicked. So we're going to go outdoors on the weekend and just anything that collapses is going in the van. <laughs> you can collapse a child if you put it in like a hydraulic press. <laughs> yeah. They go really small. Like, you like honestly, you can get a kid in like a small backpack if you're willing to squash. <laughs> just chop their legs off. <laughs> but it's just getting them back out in one piece that's the issue. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> they haven't worked that one out yet. Oh, dear. No. The egghead's down in the lab. <laughs> Talking about kids... And Halloween, because this is a spooktacular special. Ooh. I came home yesterday and um, my son was on the sofa. And I don't know, he just looked a bit sad. So I was like, you're right, mate. What's the matter? And he turned around to me and goes, I just want it to be Halloween and it's not. <laughs> I was like, fair play, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Hell yeah, brother. Hell <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a real reason to be sad. Like, And then I realised like it's going to be like that for everything. Christmas, birthdays. He knows what shit is now. He's going to be like excited, which is great. But then also, like, going to be months of, like, is it Christmas yet? 
And I'd be like, no, mate, it's March. <laughs> it's just going to go on also. I'm not going to teach him how a calendar works yet, so I can just tell him his birthday's ages away, even if it's like the next day. <laughs> He'd be like, but daddy, if it's not Christmas, why has daddy got so much Lego coming in the post? Yeah, but... Uh, it's not uh, daddy's <laughs> birthday or Christmas, and he's bought £200 of Lego already this yeah, month. Yeah. Oh, no, there's nothing that's... Um, <laughs> They're not to be played with. They're not toys. <laughs> They're statues. <laughs> They're statues. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Les Show reference? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Glen World. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, what? Why have you been buying toys? They're statues. <laughs> They're statues, Quinnon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, Vinny, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> Arsenal beat Liverpool on the weekend, so I'm still pretty chuffed about that. Oh, yeah, that was good. Jesus. Other than that, I've just been fucking around with my friend's uh, drawing tablet that he's lent to me and I've just been having fun just learning how to do digital art which is yeah it's really fun have you drawn any big anime titties yet well I, I did the first sketch you know you gotta do the things in layers oh god anyway welcome to this spooky <laughs> episode of the goats podcast this week we are discussing the greatest spooky story of all time now is it a ghost story is it a real life story is it just michael telling a story from his childhood (laughs) they are pretty pretty (laughs) terrifying (laughs) we laugh but we're deeply concerned (laughs) that's too late we can't do anything now nah fuck it it's (laughs) alright it's all his fault (laughs) (laughs) or is it something even scarier than that well I'm here with two of the spookiest people I know genuinely spook heads you know they live on the spooky side of life can you tell I haven't written this over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genuine spookheads. <laughs> uh, do we have any spookheads in the audience? <laughs> give me a, give do we have any spookophiles spookheads. out there? Spookophiles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, look, we all know why we're here. It's Halloween. We're going to do some spooky stories. I'm going to say one of them's the greatest spooky story of all time. And then next year, we'll be fucking strapped for ideas and we'll go, should we just do it again? Yeah, spooky story number two. Yeah. The second best spooky story of all time. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Uh, I could go first. Vinny, you sounded so excited and confident in your answer. He's lost, that's why. I do have a big fuck off script, I'm not going to lie. I have timed myself doing the thing and it lasted 12 minutes. So hopefully I'm good. It's longer than you normally last, isn't it? You little <laughs> <laughs> done you Vinny nice he's done it again you fucking little bastard he's absolutely murked you we need to get that guy on the podcast <laughs> yes what, Lee, Lee judges has a lot going on yeah I bet he gets a lot of people ringing him up going can you come on our show and just do that he's done it again thing and then fuck off <laughs> Vinny spooker file number one you need to go first I suppose then There exists a book written in the 1940s. 
which depicts a not-so-distant dystopian future that paints its world with such a bleak and oppressive brush that just reading it sends waves of despair and existential anguish throughout the reader's mind. But the most terrifying thing about this book is how much it got correct. In my opinion, this book is one of the most influential books of the 20th century and a literature classic that I deeply believe everybody on this planet who can read should read this book. Michael's off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get in. (laughs) Vinny, can we just clarify that you have read this book that you're telling everyone they should read? I can clarify. I've read this book and I even watched the movie adaptation yesterday. So I've doubly seen the story. He's doubled down. Wow. Well done. Because we don't want another Hitler pardoned a woman from <laughs> running someone over again. <laughs> this book has been referenced over and over again in our popular culture. And the more you look into its parallels with our world, the more horrifying it becomes. That book is George Orwell's 1984. I've heard of 19... What's it called? 1984. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of that. (laughs) And actually, if you spell it the other way, it's one for the pigs, (laughs) two for the men. (laughs) (laughs) And one for the Dark Lord. Oh, God, Seb, I feel like you're doing a bit of foreshadowing for my pick. Oh, no. (laughs) I swear to God. I can't listen to you paraphrase Lord of the Rings again. I will throw myself out of a window. (laughs) Do you know what I'm doing? I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm telling Leo the story as a bedtime story of Lord of the Rings all from memory. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah. We just uh I just stopped that uh Bilbo's vanishing act. He's like, Whose is the ring? Whose whose ring is it? If it's not it, it's not Bilbo's, whose ring is it? I'm like, that's coming, Leo, don't worry, that's coming in the story. <laughs> Gonna think his dad's like a literary genius. Well yeah. Exactly. He's going to be like, how the fuck do you think of all this stuff? And then later on, he's going to watch the movies and be like, they made a movie out of your story, Dad? What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I will 100% be like, yep. <laughs> anyway, back to George Orwell's 1984. It was released in 1949, but set in the far-off futuristic world of 1984, as the book obviously says on the title. Mm. This book follows the journey of a man called Winston Smith, who is a low-ranking member of Ingsoc, which is the ruling party of the nation of Oceania. This party rules with a totalitarian iron fist, and anyone who disagrees with the party is made to disappear. Everywhere in this world, you are being watched by Big Brother, the supposed leader of Ingsoc, whose face is printed on posters and shown on telescreens in every corner of the city of London, which is where most of the story does take place. Not only does everyone live in fear in case they accidentally speak against the party, but the very act of their facial expressions are constantly observed by cameras which are literally everywhere, and if anyone is deemed to have committed what's called a thought crime that being the crime of thinking badly of the party or the crime of wanting to have sex, for example, they are erased from history. Guilty! Damn. Guilty! (laughs) I see what you mean about this. This is quite scary because that is, like, not true, but, like, sort of, you know. 
this idea of an oppositional force to a ruling party not just being imprisoned or murdered in the night, but being made to completely vanish from the planet was actually a favourite of real-life dictator Joseph Stalin. He would go as far as to hire people to retouch photos that included him in so that anyone he was pictured with, who he had a falling out with and promptly gave them the axe, would be completely removed from the pictures, just leaving Stalin in frame. Damn. Propaganda is also rife throughout Oceania. The news bulletins constantly playing in every room, including everyone's bedrooms. And these news bulletins show the party in an extremely favourable light, even if it meant they were completely lying to the population whilst doing this. The propaganda news bulletins would be played on telescreens, which couldn't be turned off, but at most could have the volume lowered. Now, this is known to actually happen in North Korea, and to this very day, every household has a radio which can't be turned off. The volume can only be turned down so that the people get a constant feed of lies fed to them 24-7. Fucking hell. Yeah. That is well bad. Not only would the party lie to its people in 1984 over things like wars being won or domestic violence or domestic deaths going down, but they would even give conflicting information to the people. For example, throughout the book, Oceania is at war with another totalitarian state called Eurasia. But during a speech given against the enemy to the people, the speaker is handed a slip of paper and mid-sentence, without pause, the speaker changes the name of the enemy he is speaking against to East Asia, another totalitarian state. Within a blink of an eye, Eurasia had gone from sworn enemies since the very start of the party's time to now their dearest allies, and no one in the crowd batted an eyelid at this change. In fact, those holding banners denouncing Eurasia were suddenly extremely embarrassed to find they had accidentally written the wrong name down and quickly trampled on these banners and destroyed them in the crowd. The conflict of what is real and what isn't is on purpose. It's meant to confuse the population so much so that they stop thinking for themselves and start relying solely on the party for their news of the world. This is another favourite of real-world totalitarian states, as Eust Mirlo writes in his book, Rape of the Mind. Many victims of totalitarianism have told me in interviews that the most upsetting experience they faced was the feeling of loss of logic, the state of confusion in which they had been brought, the state in which nothing had any validity. They simply did not know what was what. Now, there are definitely plenty of examples of 1984 predicting how totalitarian states brainwash their people into believing 2 plus 2 equals 5. But we all know how shitty places like China or North Korea are. Well, what if I told you that some of these themes exist in our Western society? I would not be surprised. The United Kingdom is the single most surveyed country in the world. Mm. A whopping 20% of all surveillance systems in the world are in our country. Really? 20% of the whole world? Yeah, yeah. Fucking, and nowadays, everybody is a secret CCTV person, aren't they? Just like, you you know, random geezer down the street, because he's got a ring doorbell that they can use, he's got a dash cam, everyone has got surveillance on their house, like, constantly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I have an equally scary stat for you. Did you know that 80% of all global pret are in London? Really? Really? Yeah. Fucking wow. hell, that's crazy. That's shit. I said that as a joke, but that is true. Pret is shit, and it kills people. It only kills people if they've got an allergy. Well, yeah. <laughs> they didn't kill them, did they? The crayfish killed them. <laughs> they were just following orders. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back in. And we're back. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, an average citizen in the UK is spotted by CCTV about 300 times a day. No. Fucking hell. No yeah. way. What, like, that, that, does that include, like, dash cams and shit like that? Probably. That's crazy. 300 times a day. Mm-hmm. There even exists facial recognition technology within many of these systems, especially ones in airports. And airport workers throughout the world are actually trained daily to ask people questions about where they're going and why they're going to these places mm. to observe their facial expressions. And if people appear as though they're lying whatsoever, they're taken to be questioned further. Mm. That nearly happened to me, actually. True story. When I came back from Amsterdam in Exeter Airport, this woman grabbed me because I was like 19 and she was like, where have you been? And I was like, uh, Amsterdam. And she was like, uh, okay, uh, what did you do there? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, just like some stuff. And at this point, I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And she's like, oh, did you, you know, did, did you bring anything back? Have you got anything, you know, have you brought anything back? And I was like, uh, I, I brought some crisps back. I'm, so, I'm sorry. And she was like, and then instantly she was just like, that's fine. Crisps are fine. Yeah, you're all right. Off you pop. She obviously realised I was just shitting myself. She's like, nah, you're all right. Go on. Enjoy your crisps. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I was so I was so scared. I just imagine you getting off the plane and you're like Rasta hat with the dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's only crisps. <laughs> it's also been shown that People's emails, their phone calls, their texts, their Facebook messages, almost anything you could think of that isn't just encrypted and doesn't have a backdoor. All of these are constantly being monitored by the government. And if they suspect any foul play, they are legally permitted to bug your house and listen in on your phone calls, for example. No. Yep. Put bugs in your house. Yeah, they'll put little cockroaches in your house. Little ants. <laughs> Bastards. They'll gobble up your food. <laughs> and then who's going to pay for the pest control? Well, that's it. They do the pest control. That's, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's they... how they make their money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that's a big conspiracy. Oh, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew that man installing cockroaches in my house was tricking me. <laughs> so you might be thinking now, so what? These things are in place to help combat bad crimes. Yeah. I'm not a terrorist and I'm not a serial killer. So surely this is just good for me because then it catches the bad people. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is that once these technologies have been developed and put in place, it is extremely difficult to have them removed. Even if our current government isn't currently using these technologies maliciously, who's to say that in the future, another government that takes place won't use it maliciously? That's the scary thought. Oh. Yeah. And who is to say what is right or wrong anyway? Laws change all the time, and what's legal one day mm. becomes illegal the next day. Now, getting back to the book, I kind of have to spoil the ending, but it's a 75-year-old book, so I, I, 
I think I'm okay to spoil it, right? Yeah, you're fine. So Winston is approached by another party member who seems to share his views that the party is fucked and that something needs to be done, a la revolution. They start meeting in secret, but towards the end of the book, the party catches Winston in the act of crime and he is put in prison where he is tortured and brainwashed into loving the party. The kicker? He was done in by the very party member who Winston believed was leading the revolution. Bastard! He was never on the road to getting out of this horrid life. He was being played from the very start of the book. And the last few lines of the book read, Two gin-scented tears trickled down the sides of his nose. But it was alright. Everything was alright. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Big Brother. Oh my god, that is scary. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's like mm. I remember reading it being like they've they've got to kill him. Like he's got to just die. Like that's mm. got to be the it's got to be a terrible ending like that and it's like no, it's far worse than that. Far worse. And then he just downloads an app to watch teenage girls doing weird dances and just melts his brain away for the rest of time. <laughs> just dabbing, cranking. Oh god, twerking, that would be torture. Just forever. Welcome to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a theory that because like Western TikTok is full of just like people doing dumb dances and doing dumb shit. And then like Chinese TikTok is full of like education. Oh, yeah. Really? I've heard a theory that like that like chi- China put TikTok in place so that they can like try and dumb down the Western civilization with all these stupid dances and like help their own society with like learning and getting better and, you know, all this stuff. I think personally, it's just a societal thing. I think Asian countries tend to be more yeah. focused on, you know, yeah. academic things. For example, I think that there's a bigger pressure on that stuff. I don't know. Because if you give like if you give like British people or whatever Western people like a, th- a thing like TikTok, they're just gonna do stupid shit, aren't they? They're just gonna silly dances and stuff. They got nothing better to do with their time. But yeah, this is maybe the most bleak and oppressively dark ending to any story I have ever read or seen. Winston's fate was far worse than being murdered or vanished. He was forced into believing his horrible life was a good life. His free thoughts had been entirely replaced by the thoughts and will of the party. He ceased to be human and became another drone in the endless army that the party had full control over. And it's said by a member of the party that human brains are infinitely malleable that they can be altered and morphed into anything possible. A real-world example of this being how members of extremist groups like Al-Qaeda, who brainwash their members into fully believing that if they suicide bomb their enemy, they will be granted the best possible afterlife. And there is a video I've seen on Reddit where I think they're Al-Qaeda members, they're definitely some sort of extremist group members, they're trying to figure out who will do the suicide bombing. So they all draw straws and one lucky man draws the short straw and he is ecstatic really? to be that person to give his life for the cause. And he looks younger than us. Damn. That is chilling. Yeah, that's pretty fucking scary. That is quite scary, isn't it? And this is why I believe 1984 is the greatest scary story ever written. It outlines how governments manipulate and brainwash their people into buying into horrific ideologies and how they use fear and hatred to keep the people from uprising. 
there still exists governments which use all of these tactics, even today, such as Russia or China or North Korea is the biggest example. But it also serves as a warning to people within societies yet to be conquered by a totalitarian party that if you give up certain freedoms, there's no telling what the horrors which can be a consequence of that. And that's it. That's my, that's my speech. Ooh. Nice. You came in 30 seconds ahead of a time. Ooh. That was phenomenal, Vinay. Thank you. It's one of my favorite books. I will say there's a fine line between scary and spooky. I wouldn't call that spooky. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't spooky. call it spooky. I'd call it fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, I opened by calling it the greatest spooky story. You've gone for scary. Mm. Well, I thought we were doing scary. I think we were doing scary. I think I called it spooky in the opener. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you wouldn't know I'd written that on the shitter before we started. <laughs> tomato, tomato, isn't it? Exactly. In all sincerity, that was a great pitch. Mm. And I've not read 1984. I've listened to the first, I'd say, two hours of the audiobook on a train down to Devon. And I just felt that it probably wasn't for me in that moment. <laughs> Bit too close to the old mark. Mm. It's very grim. Very grim. I just want to hear about wizards and shit. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. You were so perfectly into what Michael's picked. But in all seriousness, fantastic one. Um, and I am, I am a big fan of George Orwell, a phenomenal writer, and has something called I think they're the seven. Is it the seven fundamentals of writing? which anyone who has to write creatively for any reason, I would really, really recommend reading. Some of them are a bit outdated, but it's just stuff about like always try and speak or write in like the simplest terms, like using like overcomplicated language actually just makes you look like a dick, not, mm. uh, not sort of other people and stuff like that. It just makes you be like, what the fuck was that word? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand what the sentence means now because of that, yeah. Mm. He's a really interesting writer. I also like... What you've set up, Vinny, is a fantastic juxtaposition between your heartfelt, quite gritty, quite real, close to the mark, mm. you know, turning a mirror on society and what I've come up with as a middle bit, mm. which isn't that. I'm going to say that right now. It isn't that. You're going to read court transcripts of real murders and crimes, aren't you? No, although I would really, really recommend there's a sketch that Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon did, the guys who did Rick and Morty, hmm. where they, using Rick and Morty's voices, read a real court transcript. Oh, yeah. oh God. It's so funny. And he's like, I subpoena you to suck my dick. Oh, yeah. And they're just like getting like really... And he's like, this guy wants to fuck me. <laughs> and he's like screaming at the judge. It's really good. It, I'll, I've, I've we'll seen link that, it below. Yeah. It's so good. And it's like 10 minutes long. It just gets progressively more and more mental. The guy in the docks is there for murdering another inmate and he starts off by saying that he wants a different state-appointed defence because his defence attorney has offered him sexual favours yeah. in, in return for a better case. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's just hilarious. The judge is like, I just don't think that's true. And he's like, I don't think you're true, you piece of shit. And he's just like screaming at him. It's amazing. Um, anyway, on to my middle bit turning a nice mirror on society i thought at first i was going to be like what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you then i remembered michael's childhood thought that probably wasn't a good yeah, idea he'll win that. yeah 
Good shout. I had a sheltered upbringing. Mm. Yeah, I, like, I mean, you were chased out of a country by Robert Mugabe. Yeah. I was too young to remember it. This is a weird sidestep, but I... Funny Mugabe story. Do you guys ever, like, if you're just on Messenger and you see, like, someone's online, it's like, I, I haven't spoken to this person in, like, 10 years or whatever. It's like someone I used to go to school with and I was friends with them, but I just haven't spoken to them oh, since. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw one of those people were online and I was like, I wonder if I've ever sent any, any messages, so I can't remember. So I, I went on them. And they were all from like 2010, so I would have been like 14 at the time. And the amount of like racial abuse I was getting for being African was so much. I was just really? sitting there like, I was just laughing so much. I was like, oh my fucking God, this is horrific. Screenshot it and send it to our WhatsApp group, please. It got me like a penniless African and all this stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mate, I was like, you should hell. have been to your house. I went to your house and I saw a stack of $100,000 bills this big, son. And it meant absolutely nothing because the currency <laughs> couldn't got even fucked. buy a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't buy anything with that amount, mate. I was like, when I saw it, that I was like, hang on, there's about fifty million dollars here. What the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> on a similar subject, I also did that thing. This is so embarrassing, but I was on my messenger and someone popped up, and it was a girl who I hadn't spoken to since I was about fourteen, and I thought. In my head, I was like, God, I used to be a bit of a romancer. Like, I wonder what sort of lines I was Uh-oh. throwing down. <laughs> oh, and God. literally, I clicked on it, and it was just me being like, tits plus, plus <laughs> nice see tits. Let me smash. <laughs> Please vagina and nipple pick send. No vagina. Why? Respect. Okay, only nipple. Please fast. I'm moving penish. It jogged this memory, which was that my way in to getting, like, the boob chat going, because I used to be like, well, I'm never going to... We're never going to go anywhere if we're not talking about tits at some point. Right. So I used to, this is my fun fact, I used to say to girls over Messenger that I'd been talking to, people I'm still friends with now, do you know most girls have one tit bigger than the other? Oh, God. And I honestly thought they were going to be like, do I? You should come around and like measure them. <laughs> <laughs> so your game, mate, is so strong. That's so I know. good. And it, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. It never went that way. No, it never went that way. I'm not surprised. Um, that. <laughs> yeah, but on the subject of tits, let's get on to my middle bit. Yeah. So I was thinking, what's the scariest thing to all of us deep down? A totalitarian state taking <laughs> over. The thing that I've picked, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Michael talked about Lord of the Rings for the umpteenth billionth time. Oh God, mate. Honestly. Can I say, in all seriousness, there's not a bit. If Michael starts talking about Lord of the Rings, I will leave. <laughs> I will leave. I will walk out the room and I will wait until he's back, until he's finished. Uh, okay. I'll do the same, don't worry. You, you can text us when you're done, Michael. Okay. Yeah, honestly. No worries. Just me and the listeners, that's how I like it anyway. <laughs> no, the scariest thing of all is corporate litigation and copyright infringement. <gasps> it's people taking your intellectual property yeah. and fucking with it and not paying you any royalties. And so on that subject, I found some of the funniest porn parodies <laughs> of films I could find. <laughs> this is nothing to do with Halloween. This is what not Halloween, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to do oh my God. is I'm going to give you the plot. So I went on like IMDb or whatever movie database they're on. They're not all on IMDb, but... I went on IMDb, I found the like the summary of the film, 
And what I'm going to ask you to do is, A, you have to guess the film that it's a parody of. Mm-hmm. That gets you one point, right? Right. And then you get five points if you can guess the punny name that they used to spoof it. So, like, say they did Thor Ragnarok. They would call it, like, Thor Gagnacock or whatever. Right, okay. Bonus points for guessing the actual title of the porno. The Lion, the Bitch, and the Wardrobe or whatever. So you get one point for guessing what it is, and then five points if you can give me the title of the parody. Okay. Right, Michael, you can go first. So you get to guess first. Once you've guessed, Vinny then guesses. If you get it wrong, then I'll throw it over to Vinny. That's what we'll do. Okay. So, Michael, you're going to go first. Yeah. You've got your first, the chance to guess what it is. Yeah. And give me the name. Okay. And if you get either of those things wrong, I'll throw it over to Vinny. So even if you get the name wrong, I'll give it over to Vinny. And you can take the first point, but Vinny could still get the five if he gets the name right. Okay. So there's big, big points on the board here. So this is your first film. Yeah. A detective... I've changed his name because that would give it away. A detective searches for Fanny, the wife of a Los Angeles mayor, Peter Rumford. She had been abducted and is being held for ransom. But does the mayor really want her found? And has she truly been kidnapped? Ah, is it taken? Is that your final answer? No, because his daughter gets stolen. I don't know this one. So what is it? A detective, a police detective. A detective searches for... The wife of a Los Angeles mayor, Peter Rumpford. Peter Rumpford. Oh. Mm. Is it really, or is it like, will I get it? Is it quite obvious? Once I remembered the f- plot of the film, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck it, I'm going to go with Taken. Okay, and what's your spoof name? Taking up the ass. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah, boy. Now you're getting into it. So, uh, I'm, unfortunately, Michael, you are wrong. Damn. I'm, I'm going to throw it over to Vinny and see if he's got an answer. Like, it sounds really familiar. Mm. I'm going to have to push you because you've had some time to think. Yeah, the second one's got to be a quick one. Uh, taking two. Taking too many cocks at my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fucking phenomenal. Uh, no, you're both wrong. It was a spoof of Ace Ventura oh. called Ass Ventura Crack Detective. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so the next one. This is for you, Vinny. Operatives of the Priory of Seamen discover that Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa using his own sperm. Oh, I know. <laughs> the keepers of truth fuck in the name of art and kill anyone who gets in their way. Oh my god. What the fuck is the name of that film? Oh, I remember. It's it's the the Da Vinci Code, right? Is that your final answer? Yeah. You're right, that's one point on the board. Now, can you give me the name of the film? The Da Vinci Cock? <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael, I'm throwing it over oh, to you. Oh, the, the Da Vinci Cock was going to be my one. <laughs> Try and rhyme it. Rhyme it. The Da Vinci Code. What rhymes with oh, the Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci Code. The, the something load. The... 
stinky load. It's the Da Vinci load. I'm not giving you a oh, point. Oh, the Da Vinci load. Oh. I was going to go for the Da Vinci chode. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. I'm going to fucking right. run that tonight. What do you tonight. mean I should get five points for the Da Vinci? If you think I should get five points for the... What did I say? The stinky load. <laughs> Comment below. Because <laughs> I, think, I think I should get the points for that. <laughs> right. So, Michael, this is your next one. Okay, okay. A door-to-door dildo saleswoman mm-hmm. stumbles across Edward, and upon discovering the advantages of his hand substitute, <laughs> brings him home, where he falls in love with her daughter. Mm-hmm. That's it. Twilight. Is that it? Is that your final answer? Yeah. And what's the porn name that you would give that film? So I was right. You might be right. Give it a porn name. But you told Vinny he was right when he said the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> well, give it a porn name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twilight. 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 Ass tits. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Twilight, spam, ass light, cock light. Uh, unfortunately you're wrong it was not twilight or ass light really Vinny, do you want to try and steal the it's edward scissorhands it is edward scissorhands and would you like to guess the name of the film um it's got to be edward cockfingers or something surely (laughs) i was thinking something like that edward like dick fingers edward dick hands are you gonna lock in edward dick hands Uh, I'm going to go with Edward Scissoring Hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
You should have stayed with Edward Dick Hands. I would have given you some points. It's actually Edward Penis Hands. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Vinny, back to you. The blank. Uh, they're not actually called the blank. Yeah, I've blanked yeah, it there. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I didn't want to lose you too early. The blank are a team of hot, horny ladies on call to save relationships that are lacking in lust. Wives in need of sexual attention call the blank and they're on the scene in no time to get their man's sextoplasm flowing. Oh, Ghostbusters. Is that your final answer? Yeah. And what would you call that film? Um, Boston makes you feel good. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, it's, the, it's in the song. Wrong. You know the song. Boston make me feel good. Feel good. That's, <laughs> that's a Ghostbusters song. No, no, no. That's, that's, not, my, right? that's not my answer. That's not my answer. Uh, it's Ghostbusters, but um, load. <laughs> busters, I don't know. <laughs> Thrusters. Uh, it's not load busters. You were right with Ghostbusters, but it's not load busters. Michael, do you have? Do you want to come oh, in and steal? Is it just? Is it just something really simple like cockbusters? <laughs> you are both really close. I can't give either of you the points. It's sexbusters. Sex That's busters. a terrible name. That is a terrible know, name. Anyway, Michael, back to you. I think you're going to like this one. This one isn't the summary. This is just part of a review I found, which made me laugh so much. I just copy and pasted it straight in. Okay. The main portion of the film is made up of the <laughs> naked and John Blow having sex on Drogon's back. <laughs> that thing they have as Dragon Drogon moves its head and tail around. It's mad. And the kicker at the end <laughs> is the Night King. <laughs> Was watching the whole time, knocking one out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not the guy, not the Night King, the White Wanker King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Game of Thrones for sure. And what would you call that parody? Game of Bones. Because <laughs> bonus. Is it right? Yeah, I'm going to give you... Yes! You get six points for that. I'm in the lead. The full title is Game of Bones, Winter is Coming, spelt C-U-M. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. (laughs) Okay. That was a bit of an easy one. Don't worry, Vinny. I've got a nice easy one for you. The film follows Blank as he journeys across his motherland, Kak Sukistan, to... Sorry, Zebora. The film follows <laughs> as he journeys from his motherland, Kaksukistan, to America to learn about Western sex culture. Great success! Yeah, it's Bor- so it's Borat, yeah. And what would you call that? Horat. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no! no! Six, six points! Okay, so Vinny's on nine. Michael, you're on six. So, Michael, you got to smash this one. What do a crime boss, a couple of gangsters, and a girl named Lucy have in common? Well, the gangsters are supposed to collect on some bad debts from these hot girls that owe them, but keep giving them sex instead. (laughs) Oh well. And when one of the gangsters assigned to watch the crime boss's girlfriend Lucy gets a little too close, they're in even bigger trouble. It's either, I haven't seen either of these, but it's got to be either The Sopranos or The Godfather. It's not either of those. It's neither of those. Okay, fuck. Um, oh, no, I don't know it. I'm going to give you a big clue here because I want to give you a hand. Okay. I'd say if you haven't watched this film, 
You've seen it in almost every young male film student's bedroom as a poster. I thought it was that one, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Oh, and what would you call a porn parody of Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. It's not just going to be like cock fiction. <laughs> cock fiction. <laughs> Everything just goes to cock, then the rest of the thing. <laughs> it's got cock on the mind, mate. I know. I really have. <laughs> um, cum diction. Unfortunately, I can't give you the points. Vinny, I'm going to give it over to you. Can you win by a landslide? Um, Don't overthink it. Pulp bitching. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're both wrong. It's pulp friction. Pulp uh, friction. I, that did go through my mind for a second to you for... Damn, I yeah. could not have got that. Well, at the end of that, Vinny's a clear winner. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that at home. I hope you were playing along. Uh, we'll leave links to all those fantastic works of literature down below. In our Halloween no. episode. <laughs> Go and watch, what was it called? The Cockbusters or whatever. Sexbusters. 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 If I was going to watch any of them, I'd watch Game of Thrones Winter's Coming. <laughs> yeah. But no, in all seriousness, I hope everyone enjoyed that. And uh, Michael, I believe you're up. And now you're treading yep. a very fine line here because I swear to fucking God, yep. even if this is Lord of the Rings adjacent, yeah. I'm walking. Right, well, I didn't pick... The fact that the ring turns Gollum like into a decrepit creature is the scariest story of all time. Although it is a very scary thing, the power of obsession. I thought, actually, for a very brief second about picking a YouTube video I found once called How Not to Make a Scary Movie, which is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but then it just disappeared, so I guess that is lost forever. I love that video. <laughs> no, I will stop beating around the bush. I'm not going to like trick you into thinking I've picked fucking Lola Rings or any shit like that. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell you a scary story. So. Little Sebby and Little Vinny were sneaking cookies from the Halloween stash late one night in October, probably the 31st of October. I don't like being called Little Sebby. That's <laughs> I'm putting that one right Put down. yourself in the mind of a ch- of child Sebby and child Vinny in this story because you're, you're young boys. There's a man called Michael. I'm scared. <laughs> As Sebby crunches into a pumpkin-shaped cookie, he gets an idea. I know, Vinny. Let's go into the woods. It'll be fun. Come on, it's scary in there. Let's go. It's Halloween. Vinny says, Oi, mate, let's go. Because he's a goblin. So... (laughs) (laughs) I forgot when I was a kid I was a fucking goblin. forgot that fact about my life. So they sneak out of Vinny's mum and dad's house and they go into the woods opposite. They crackle, crackle down the spooky path, stepping on twigs as they snap, laughing and joking and jumping out from behind the bushes to scare each other. Ah! Seb, stop it! Then all of a sudden they stop dead in their tracks. They hear something rustling. (gasps) What is it? It's coming closer, so... Vinny says, Seb, come here close, quick, hold me, because I'm, I'm, I'm scared. So, something's coming to get us. They hold each other scared. And all of a sudden, it darts. Oh, Vinny, it was just a fox. Oh, that scared the shit out of me. Should we go back home? No, let's keep going. Come on, there's some big trees over there that I wanted to see. Let's 
climb up to the top and see what we can see. Okay, right, let's keep going then. So they keep moving further and further down the path. Crackle, crackle on the sticks and everything. And then they notice some deep scratches on some of the trees. And they think, oh, that must just have been the fox. But they were up high up the trees. Taller than them. Taller than... Taller than and probably even Gandalf. They were so high. So they think nothing of it and they keep walking. Then all of a sudden they see a tree. Tree trunk as wide as a house. Snapped in half. And they think, oh my god, what... What could have done this? They're starting to get really, really scared now. They keep going through the deep, dark woods, and all of a sudden they notice a funny smell in the air. It smells like rotten eggs. It smells like festering sewage. It doesn't smell right down here. We should go back. No, let's keep going. We've got to keep going. Come on, be brave. I know it's... It's a bit spooky, but we're brave. We're big boys. Okay, let's keep going. Then they see tar smothered on the trees. So they go and they look at it, but it's not tar. It's blood. And all of a sudden they hear a crash. And they look at each other, their eyes wide and white. And they don't say a word. They just jump into the bush next to them. All of a sudden they hear it again. Stomp! 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 Getting closer and closer and louder and louder and all of a sudden as they lay looking at the path, a boot! Stomp! Right in front of their faces. They dare to breathe, their eyes wide and white in the pale moonlight, looking at each other, terrified. And then the boot lifts and no noise. Nothing. Are they safe? And all of a sudden, they are raised from the ground by two great big hands that turns them to look at the creature that is holding them. And it's the bogeyman! I mean, it's the the boogeyman, I can't read it. It's It's the boogeyman! He's holding them. And he takes them away forever. And that's it, it's the boogeyman. That's who I've picked, I've picked the boogeyman story. That's the scariest story of all time. That. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that. That's an example of a boogeyman story. But I've picked the story. The scariest, spookiest stories of all time are the stories of the boogeyman. And why? Why is the boogeyman so scary? Well, I've some rational reasons for you why he's so scary. What is the boogeyman? Well, let me tell you. So, the boogeyman is like a fantastical creature that is thought up to scare children into being good little boys and girls by telling terrifying tales of a scary boogeyman in the night, taking them away or eating them or killing them or whatever, and it's to make them behave. So if you, if you be naughty, if you eat the cookies out of the cookie jar, the boogeyman's going to fucking get you. And boogeyman stories or stories of that ilk are told around every single campfire in the world ever. If you haven't sat around a campfire and, like, your dad or whatever is, you know, you're all there with your little hot chocolate whatever and a blanket and you're getting told spooky stories, like, that's the ultimate spooky story for me. Like, as an adult, like, what's really scary other than, like, a real murder? Like, ugh, whatever. But as a child, like, the child innocence of being scared of something that goes bump in the night and then looking into the woods and thinking there's the fucking boogeyman in there is, like, 
that's so spooky and scary and just so Halloween-y to me that I was like, oh, yes, this is definitely the greatest scary story of all time. The stories that you tell your children about the bogeyman, the boogeyman. Now, he's known as a lot of different names, the boogeyman, and he's been around since about the 16th century in England, which is a very long time, making this easily, easily the oldest scary story ever told. No, it's not. What? What? what do you mean? In my research, I found that the ancient Samaritans had like ghost stories, and they were like three thousand BC. Nah, this is the this is the oldest one. What sixteenth century England was the first scary story ever told? <laughs> Before that, they just told fairy tales that were fun. Yeah, they were like, yeah. hell yeah, <laughs> the boogeyman gives you chocolates and sweets. It's great. Yeah, mate. Yep. Yeah. But he exists in all cultures around the world, and the origin of the boogeyman is actually very hard to trace because it's told in pretty much every single country in the entire world. And I've got some little examples for you of some countries where the boogeyman exists, but he's not quite as we would think of him as. So, in a lot of South America, or like Spanish America and Spain as well, he's known as the Sackman. El Sackman. The Sackman. And he's got a big sack on his back. El Sackman. It's Santa Claus. No, it's not Santa Claus because the sack man. El sack man. He carries away a sack, and if you're being naughty, he puts you in his sack and whisks you away from your parents and traps you forever. In Azerbaijan, he's called the Div. And. (laughs) (laughs) Div. He's a hairy giant that eats children. (laughs) And he's called the Div. (laughs) In Azerbaijan, they use that to scare their. Scare their kids around campfires at Halloween. In Germany, he's called Der Schwarzmann. He hides in dark corners underneath your bed. That's very boogeyman-y. And in dark corners of forests and stuff like that. Now, in South Korea, they also have Sackman. But Sackman is called Netbag Grandfather. <laughs> he does the same sort of thing. He kidnaps children and puts them in his, in his net. <laughs> and carries them away. Like a big like butterfly net. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, Sponge yeah. Or the jellyfish. There was there was so many others. Like every single country, like Nepal, fucking Germany, Italy. Every single country was on this list of like what country they they have the boogeyman and they tell boogeyman stories. And I was literally just like, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, to us? Like the boogeyman. What's well, obviously not the scariest story ever. There's nothing scary about the boogeyman. But then I was like, you know what? No, the boogeyman is the goat scary story because what really is like halloween and scary stories and everything about it's about that nostalgic feeling that i'm sure i'm guarantee you got while i was telling that scary story about crackling through the woods (laughs) that's a strong guarantee i guarantee you felt like a familiar feeling of i've been told spooky stories like this before in my childhood I remember the feeling of sitting under a blanket and feeling all creepy and scared because someone's telling me a scary story that's what the boogeyman is. He is like the epitome of that type of story. And there's just something, yeah, so nostalgic and charming about it. Like, adults don't do that. They don't sit around the campfire and read real court cases, do they? And, like, scare each other with scary stories. It's just a load of nonsense. But the boogeyman, to scare your children, is, like, just the ultimate. It's the, oh, it's the greatest scary story of all time. It's the ultimate version of telling a scary story. And that's why the boogeyman is the goat. Scary story. Clap. Please clap. I feel like I've missed out because I've never sat around a campfire while someone told me a scary story ever. 
Yeah, yeah, you are missing out 100%. Like you said, even on the podcast of the day, and this is what inspired me, you said that I scared the shit out of you or whatever when you believed me about my story about riding on my bike for that UFO and shit. Did I say it scared me? They scare you, don't they? You would have loved that. You would have got so into like telling scary stories. It's like creepy pastas, but as a child. Like it's, it's, yeah, it is great. I don't know if Seb must have sat around and told scary stories and shit like that. I mean, yeah, I was brought up in quite a spiritual environment where I fully believed that those stories were true. So yeah, I used to fucking shit myself. My dad once drew a picture on the roof of the cabin that we sometimes stay at in the woods of a half man, half deer with a humongous penis. <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. Is that why you did the porno thing for your middle bit? <laughs> <laughs> big dick scare you yeah some deep inner thought of like what's really scary deer penises <laughs> i am a bit disappointed michael that you didn't cover poland's boogie person which is what well there was a it was a fucking long list man i had to pick a couple winners the boogie woman you know the boogie woman do i joanna Yandrajic, the boogie woman the ufc strawweight champion oh is that what oh okay the boogie woman the boogie woman do you not remember when she was facing off against Rose Namajunas mm. and she just announced that she didn't want to be called Joanna Yandrajic anymore. She wanted to be called the Boogie Woman. I don't remember that, but I will look it up. Fucking incredible. The Boogie Woman. The Boogie Woman. <laughs> anyway, that's really interesting because as much as I for a minute thought Michael had tricked us into imagining that we were hobbits, he actually hadn't. And what he'd picked as the scariest thing of all time is the concept of fear. It's like what lurks in the darkness, the unknown. And I think what I have to really come to a decision here is I think you've both hit your own version of the brief perfectly. Mm. Michael, you found the spookiest story. It's not the scariest. The scariest is fucking a totalitarian regime that's watching and listening to every move. Yeah. That's not very spooky. And Vinny, you found the scariest, but not the spookiest. And that puts me in a real bind because I genuinely think like they're both really, really good answers. A bit of me feels like I should reward Vinny for having actually watched and listened and read the source material before talking about it. (laughs) But don't we always have to do that on every... That's not a special thing. (laughs) But also, a bit of me wants to reward Michael because I know for a fact he hadn't written this when he got home at five o'clock this evening. I had. Had you? I wrote this yesterday. Bar the scary story. Oh, that changes everything because I thought it was shit. So <laughs> I was giving you a bit of a pass there. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'm fucking razzing you, mate. Now, do you know what I'm going to say? Oh, it's so tough. I'm genuinely really torn. This is the most torn I've been in ages. Because Vinny, yours is such a good choice. Yeah, I was originally going to do I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Then I had another idea and I was like, oh, shit, 1984. That's a great idea. And I was, yeah, went for that instead. It's definitely the scariest story. But are we doing scary or are we doing spooky? We're doing scary, I think. No, we're doing spooky. (laughs) We're definitely not doing spooky. I wrote on the document scary for a reason because we said scary. And I wrote Halloween spooktacular. In fact, I wrote Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I think that's that's subjective. Oh, it's so subjective. So that's the thing, isn't it? You just have to you have to pick objective answers to subjective choices in this show. I, why do we come up with this stupid fucking premise? <laughs> I don't want to pick. <laughs> Whose idea was this? It's horrible. It's stressful. <laughs> I have two of my friends put a load of effort into something, and then you have to pick one as the winner, and the other one's always really disappointed. It's so close, man. My head says Vinny. But your heart says Mork. But my heart, as you correctly identified, Vinny, says Mork. I think the concept of what lurks in the shadows, what hides away, what you can't see, is inherently the scariest of all the stories and what i would say is that part of what makes vinnie's story so scary is a how relevant it is now but b is that idea of you're being watched and you don't know by who or by what and Mm. that is in itself something in the shadows something hiding away that you can't see that's always watching you and i think michael as much as he sort of bumbled the start bit with the weird thing about the the fucking giant, he did sort of talk himself back into it. But yeah, I'm going to give the greatest scary story of all time is the story of the Boogeyman. But I want a Dana White performance bonus for Vinny. <laughs> for... We keep giving out these performance bonuses. <laughs> oh no, they don't actually mean anything <laughs> because we don't have anything to give. Mostly, I would say I'll give you a sticker, but they still haven't fucking turned up to Vinny's house yet. So fucking Royal Mail. But yeah, well, on that note, we should probably wrap things up. Mm. If you haven't already, go and follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, go and follow us on the dystopian future that is TikTok. If you haven't already, think about maybe donating or pledging or subscribing or whatever the fuck you're supposed to call it to us on patreon it's really really helping us out and a new thing that i'm just going to bring to the table if you haven't already we would be ever so grateful if you could go and give us a review Mm. on apple podcasts they are a big big game changer and apple Podcasts is one of the only podcast apps that has discoverability so if a podcast is highly rated and is in a sort of set of subjects that you listen to, it might pop up into your feed without you clicking on it, which is obviously fantastic for us. But it only does that if it's highly rated. Mm. So if you could go and give us a five-star review and write a nice thing about the show, there's about seven on there already and we haven't even asked for that. So if people could go and do that, that would be so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have anything else to say. Have a spooky, spooky, spooky Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell lots of ghost stories about a dystopian future where Big Brother is watching you, but it turns out it's just Gollum in the dark. <laughs> it's just the Schwarzman. It's, it's just Michael and he's having a wank. It's just the Schwarzman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, what did they have it? What was it called in Game of Bones? Winter is coming? <laughs> the White Wanker King. <laughs> it's just the White Wanker King watching you. Anyway, on that note, we'll see you soon. You'll hear from us soon. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love you very, very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you. Goodbye. (laughs) 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.